Welcome back here to another wonderful episode of the Divergence Podcast. Ooh, I'm your host here, one. Keddy and Esby, and join the Blue Beetle Battalion and go see the movie August 18th for Blue Beetle. There we go. Now I can hear myself. <laughs> I was like, wait, shit, is my mic on? It should be. Uh, but yeah, I will continue my crusade in promoting this cult hero. Realize cult can be uh, for the normal definition of the movie, but also for cultural. So double entendre right there. All right, well played, sir. Yeah, appreciate it. So yeah, definitely go check out that Blue Beetle movie. Um, I'm very excited for it. I've seen like clips, like I guess like new TV spots here and there. So we'll see what happens. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't honestly the most advertisement I've seen has still been from like the grassroots Blue Blue Beetle <laughs> Battalion. Uh, but I did see Barbie movie the other day, and they did do a full trailer for Blue Beetle. Nice. That suit looks so good. Oh, it does. It looks magnificent. They have it on display at the San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which we'll get onto that a little bit later. But they have the suit for Blue Beetle and also the suit for Aquaman 2. So looks okay. really, it looks really cool. Nice. So I'm excited. But yeah, definitely go check out Blue Beetle uh, August 18th. A lot of people are saying the domestic numbers are going to be low. But I, a lot of people are saying Brazil is going to save this film because one of the actresses is Brazilian. And she's oh. like apparently beloved in Brazil. So Okay. Let's go Brazil. All you need is one fanatic like <laughs> following to just boost an entire franchise. I mean, like you said it last time, it's like it just goes to show you Latin America is gonna save the day again. I, they historically have saved all the things that we love. So keep keep going. We just couldn't save the Alamo. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that statement, but all right. Hey man, I was on the other side on that, so that is valid. I was on no sides because I was uh, not even a thought, <laughs> but you know. I guess to start us off here today, uh, do you want to tell us about your song? Yeah, so I got in here and I was like, oh, right, I haven't really been listening to anything. And then as soon as Kevin's like, oh, do you have a song stuck in your head? I'm like, actually, I do. And it's fucking Bill, uh, the Chill Bill remix uh, featuring <laughs> Dram, Denzel Curry, and Cousin Stiz. And I don't know why, but this song has been stuck in my head for like five years. And I <laughs> did not know the name of it forever until one day I was like, let's just do a deep dive and figure out what the hell this song is oh my god and this is what it is because it's the whistle that the the one-eyed viper girl does from kill bill when she's whistling and then that got sampled by somebody else and then this is like a remix of that sample so it's this this is a very layered song that damn why how deep does this inception go i it's it's there i don't know if the top is spinning or if it fell (laughs) who knows but it took me a goddamn minute, and I want you people to know how how much this song has been driving me insane for literal years. Are so, you going to play it, or do you want me to add it in post? Uh, you know what? You can add it in post, because I feel like it's just going to sound grimy <laughs> okay. if I play it off my phone speaker. But All right. It's, it's, you just got to remind me what the exact name is. I'm, I'm just going to forward it to you. All right. But yeah, right here, press play. Okay. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that song. I hope you're... Uh, is uh, stuck in your head as it has been in mine for fucking five years now. So, but funny enough, uh, Chris, Chris Nolan finally gave the answer for people of Inception of if the top stops spinning or not. Yeah, I saw that. I've actually never seen Inception, so I reference really. It. I, I reference it knowing nothing about it, but uh, yeah, I clicked on it. But then I was like, wait, no, I don't want to read this. I want to actually watch the movie before I do. So you, ha- so I can't say what the answer was then. You know what? Do it. I'll forgive. 
I'll, okay. after I finish <laughs> drinking a couple of these drinks we're drinking today, I will oh, forget about it. It uh, is majorly. But basically, he said that uh, the spinning top didn't matter anymore because Leo's character at this point has moved on. He just wants to be with his kids, and it doesn't matter if it's in a dream or reality. Until those kids turn 25. Am I right, folks? <laughs> what up, Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, man. Uh, but I guess to move on here with our beginning segment, uh, do you have shows to recommend? Uh, I don't. The whistle song really took it out of you, huh? Yeah, honestly, like the majority <laughs> of my week went into fig- figuring out this goddamn song. All right. Um, I have, I guess, two recommendations, I guess you could call it. But the first one here is a documentary called Tony Hawk Till the Wheels Fall Off. Oh, that came out like last year, though, right? Uh, Not too long ago, I feel. Uh, but it's a documentary about, you know, the great Tony Hawk. and It's a great watch. It is a great watch. I cried so much. Even in the beginning minutes, man, I was just like, I, I couldn't handle it. This one really punches you in the feels, and it's a roller coaster of emotions. It's like, God damn. It's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, this dude gave it all for his sport. And I also really like that they pay a lot of uh, respect and homage to Rodney Mullen, who, like, is the godfather of, like, street trick skating. He, like, invented probably, like, 70% of the moves people do nowadays. Definitely. And he's still inventing till his day. He's absolutely wild. So to see, like, Tony Hawk, the vert god, and, like, Rodney Mullen, the street god like showing so much like mutual admiration for each other it's like really cool thing to watch yeah it was it was great and then like afterwards like i guess on twitter i've seen like pictures of tony hogg and like with a cane and i'm just like man <laughs> yeah that he's, hurts he's broken a lot of things over the years but he's most recently getting over like a like a knee or an ankle or something like that but uh yeah man that guy is unstoppable he's he's nuts yeah i wonder if it's the injury that was in the documentary that he's recovering from i feel like it might be but it could also be something completely unrelated i think he re-aggravated that same injury Ah. so like it is and it isn't the same one yeah but i could be making that up though but funny enough before i saw this documentary the other day because i forgot who told me they've never seen lords of dogtown (laughs) i think it was my brother my brother with emil hirsch is amazing he's never seen my brother's never seen lords of dogtown i was like we're gonna watch this and then yeah, next day I started watching this documentary. I'm like, I'm like, here's the real life verses of everybody. Exactly. Did you and Rich um, skate growing up? Like, Not I, skateboarding. I, I skated in high school. I was never good at it, obviously, but like. Not skateboarding, but roller, like inline skating okay. because of Brink. That's about it. Nice. Team Pup and Suds. Yeah. And then one day I like uh, fucked my arm up real bad. And that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah. That'll end it real quick for you. Yeah. I'm amazed I never actually like hurt or broke anything because I was fucking stupid the way i skated and the way i did anything in high school so it's kind of a miracle i haven't broken more things than i already have i did have a broken arm while skateboarding and then rebroke it but that doesn't count i don't know sometimes i wonder if i have broken my leg and i just didn't know and it just healed but it healed wrong but who knows that's what happened to my arm i fractured my arm my dad didn't believe me and then a month and a half later we went to the hospital and they x-rayed it and they're like oh yeah you fractured your arm here here's where it healed don't ever do that again come in right away and i was like yeah dad so i don't know because the other day i felt like a weird like dip in my leg and i'm just like i don't remember this being there yeah especially as a soccer player you probably get cleated a lot in the leg so my legs so I was just like, and I felt it on the other, like, I'm like, the other one's just smooth board. And this one is just like, okay, I'm like, did I break it and just not know? This my smooth leg. This my bumpy leg. So I don't know. But it hasn't hurt. So and never did hurt. So who knows? Yeah, never hurt. <laughs> Tough like that. Just a scratch. <laughs> just a flesh wound. <laughs> uh, but I guess to move on to our main topic over here. The meat and potatoes. 
And that is... I swore I would never do this again. Hold this for me. Gargoyle's live-action film is being developed with Kenneth Branagh? Branagh? Sure. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Branagh! Uh, he's attached to direct this film. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with him, he portrayed Gilderoy Lockhart in the Harry Potter film series, Inspector Hercule Perot in Murder on the Orient Express, and Death in the Nile. And he also voiced Miguel from El Dorado. Yeah, that fact blew me away. I did not know that. It blew me away, so I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Did not know that, but there you go. One good instance of a celebrity doing voice acting. There's several. There are several, but I think this is one because I don't even fucking know. A few things for here for Gargoyle. For like Gargoyles. Gaga, what the hell Gaga, was that? Gaga, Gaga, Gaga. Did my Boston accent come out? <laughs> <laughs> the Gargoyles, the are, gargoyles. Ha- are running amok in Harvard. <laughs> uh, but Gargoyles was a big departure from previous Disney shows, which, you know, it's much more mature, darker themes. It was created by uh, Greg Wiseman, who also did uh, Spectacular Spider-Man and Young Justice, for those who are familiar with that kind of works. Yeah, this dude's pedigree is insane. It really is, but also just the show itself. It was like it was, I think, one of the first serialized Disney cartoons ever, and there was like they made like a whole big event for like the TV movie release kind of thing. And I remember, I remember the movie, the VHS that I got. It was like a big set, I guess, because he got brought like a game board and everything that you could play like after the movie. What? Yeah, I gotta research into this for a little bit more, but I remember, I remember that VHS. Yeah, because because the movie they made was just an adaptation of like the origin story like which is like the first five or six episodes yeah like when it came to tv like they cut up the movie for like yeah so like the whole thing is just it's kind of like it got the dragon ball z gods or the dragon ball gods treatment essentially yeah or like the mugen train but yeah i i I honestly didn't even know there was a movie but i guess it's just the series yeah it's just the series Uh, i didn't miss much it ran for 78 episodes which is rare for disney animation since most series run for 65 episodes to count in for what like each Saturday or something like that. It's season two was 52 episodes long. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Because they season one was like 13 or something like that. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, let's do a season two. And Greg Wiseman was like, all right, cool. We'll do another 13. Bang it out. And they're like, how about 52 instead? And he was like, oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's weird how like past American animation grouped their seasons. Yeah. I feel like, like, especially in like the late 90s and like early thousands, that was kind of like the wild west of things where they were just kind of figuring things out you know anime was still showing its influence over here and stuff like that and they operate on a completely different season schedule so like them kind of trying to figure out like everything other than like a saturday morning cartoon was like probably tricky for them and they just like were kind of freestyling and that's also before disney was like the absolute juggernaut that it is where it owns like marvel and star wars and everything like the conglomerate we know it as today so, like, they they still made a lot of dumb, rash, wild, random decisions just because they were like, yeah, that's what we're going to do because we're Disney. Yeah, because I think even season three was like 13 episodes or 11 episodes. It was something like that. It was even titled differently. It was called The Goliath Chronicles. Yeah, because it was uh, that's when it was shipped over to like the ABC studios. Yeah. And it was a completely cast and crew working on it. I mean, obviously, the voice actors were the same, but everyone creatively in charge of it was completely different. So the animations choppy and terrible like the storyline is kind of whack like they don't even reference a lot of the older material because the writers and creators were not familiar with like the first couple of seasons yeah i think this is where like they removed goliath and eliza and then uh, goliath's daughter angela like they were grouped together and they went exploring off in different 
parts of the world, like meeting other different gargoyle clans. No, that's in season two. That's in season two? I thought that that's, was season three. No, that's the world tour. Season okay. Season two is when they actually like um, split up the gargoyle groups and they actually like, lean into that. Like you would think it'd be annoying and like kind of like, oh, where's all the characters I know? But that's actually when they flesh out the most yeah, character yeah. development. I remember that, but I thought that was the one where he like travels out i don't know i could be thinking goliath chronicles or something else differently than i gotta yeah. i gotta season three is like they kind of played off of that season three is like when they kind of had to fight the um not the stone cutters but they're like this terrorist organization that just essentially hates gargoyles and like they're like the running through line they're kind of like the foot clan from tmnt isn't that where they fight macbeth well, when, or macbeth like macbeth's in, followers or something like that no macbeth is in the series the entire I, time yeah but he's like barely in season one he's in a lot of season two yeah i remember that season and he's like two. not he's like maybe in season three but like not by much i gotta remember what the goliath chronicle i thought that was the one where he had that amulet that made him like super powerful and then there there might have been some of that in season three i don't exactly remember where the lines were but i did watch a couple of retrospectives to kind of prep for this one <laughs> but yeah no i don't i don't really remember exactly like what the plot line of season three is but it's basically basically just like them fighting the foot clan yeah it and like they kind of get rid of like the like three four five episode arcs and it's just kind of like flavor of the week episodes i I, re- I do recall that and i feel like maybe they just repackaged certain episodes from season two as season three or something like that they so. straight up stole animation from season two and just replayed it for season three <laughs> like there's a scene where um uh what's the red one brooklyn Yes, there's a scene when Brooklyn is like cl- trying to claw his way out of like a door that closed. It's very much like Star Wars compactor scene. Right, right. And like he's clawing at the door and he can't open it. And then he, the guy, the guy whose video I was watching, I can't remember who it was, so I can give him credit. But if I do, we'll link it. Uh, but he's like clawing at the door trying to get out. And then it's literally a copy and paste side by side of a previous scene where they have to do the exact same thing from like <laughs> episodes before. Oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame him for that. Back in that day, that's what they had to do. No, no, no. not e- like I, I understand recycled animation. Like, uh, uh, what is it? Disney's Robin hood the, with the one with the Fox. And then also yeah. like the, they copy the uh, little John's design over with blue. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, I understand that. That that's makes sense. That's smart. That's just old animation tricks. This is literally the same scene, same setting. They just they just did it again. Not even like they took the animation. They did the same exact door, the same exact <laughs> scene. They're in the same exact spot. They just replayed the scene. Hey, you got to do what you got to do with that budget. <laughs> Apparently, they had none left. So, <laughs> to focus over here, uh, for Gargoyles, the Manhattan clan, as it was known, uh, was the main cast of gargoyles from medieval Scotland time who were cursed and awakened in modern times. I remember like back in medieval times, they were allies with humans, but then they got betrayed. Some sorcerer put like Goliath's family to like eternal sleep with stone, and then he couldn't wake them up until their castle was like rising above the clouds. Yes, the, they were cursed to sleep until the re- castle ruse. 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 Until <laughs> the castle rose above the clouds. So, yeah, and that's where, you know, main villain and voiced by that one Star Trek dude who I can't remember his name, uh, Sanatos, um, has a very charming voice, I guess uh, you could say. The, it's the voice of Riker. Yeah, I can't remember his name. The dude from Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forget that was him, too. But while he's looking that up, uh, aside from Goliath, our Manhattan clan uh, was filled in with uh, Brooklyn, who was my other favorite gargoyle. And then there was also Lexington, Broadway, Bronx, and good old Hudson, who was voiced by the iconic ed asner may he rest in peace mm-hmm. 
But throughout the show, uh, there are a ton of other Gargoyle clans that appear in the show. And not all the clans look alike, which was a pretty cool touch, I will admit. I like that they all had, like, their differences and, like, what made them to, like, the... There was the, one that was, like, all, like, big hats, essentially. Like, yeah. Panthers and Cheetahs, like, as Gargoyles. Those were the hybrids. They, they were called the mutants because they were, like... Mm, they were, like, experiments. Experiments from, like, some scientists who wanted to recreate the Gargoyle gene for some reason. So. Who was voiced by Tim Curry. Yes. Fucking random ass pull. Tim Curry's <laughs> in the most random shit. That guy just loves what he loves. Yeah. And then there was other one called like the Cold Fire Clan, who were like half robots, half gargoyle, I guess pieces. I remember that one. And then there was other one. The Steel Clan is obviously like the steel robots that Xanatos uses. Uh, there was one in the London Clan, who were like based off of mythological animals, like the Griffin, a Pegasus, and. Why am I blanking on the other one? <laughs> I don't know, buddy. Why are you? I don't know. I guess because a griffin can apply to both because the other one was a lion with wings and the other one was a... Jonathan Frakes. That's his name. That's his name. Jonathan Frakes is the voice of Xanatos. But I guess... I'm a, you know what? I'm going to call him a manticore. One was a manticore. That's the word I was looking for. One was based off a of griffin. The other one was based off the manticore. <laughs> How could you forget manticore, Kev? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got manticore on the brain? Only you could. Only you. But yeah, the gargoyles came back in modern times. Well, well, for the back then it was the nineties. So, well, I mean, a lot of nineties is coming back right now. So it's kind of the modern times again. As for live action, it definitely does have potential. I know for a while Jordan Peele did want to direct a gargoyles movie. Yeah, I, and they I were like, "That'd be cool," and then nothing happened. Yeah, so but like, I guess now they're gonna go with this dude who did direct Thor one. So he's not a bad director, I guess. I haven't, I've, I've heard he does good stuff, but I haven't seen his other work. So I gotta. Yeah, I don't have enough to judge him on, considering I just discovered this was this actor slash director. <laughs> but, like, how do you turn down Jordan Peele and then just give it to anyone else? I don't know. Disney's weird. but Disney I think makes no fucking sense. They don't. But I think it's also, like, you know, it's a good time to make the film, obviously. Cash in on nostalgia. Like, look at Barbie. So, And if they can do a good blend of, like, medieval action and, like, the Shakespearean theme and, you know, I guess, like, script kind of stuff. Uh, but I definitely think we got a banger on our hands here. Yeah, I, good old franchise. It's funny you mentioned the Shakespearean theme because I, as I was watching uh, one of those retrospectives today, I found out that uh, Greg Wiseman used to be an English teacher, and so one of the plot lines is like um, not Brooklyn. There's Hudson and and who's the big one? The Broadway. Broadway, Brooklyn, Broadway. Uh, don't know how to read, and throughout like the course of like the season, they <laughs> learn how to read. And he's like, I thought it was really important to show that the characters can learn to read, and also there's so much like um, William Shakespeare influence in there. And like to hear years later that people come up to me and be like, Hey, your show made me look into like Macbeth, or um, I can't think of the one off the top of my head right now that I'm specifically trying to reference. Oh my god, what? my brain just stopped working. <laughs> Mid sentence. He was going for Dude, I was straight cooking and then I spilled. I wiped out completely. This is why you let white man cook. Yeah, never let me cook. I got I know. But let me help you out. What, what what were you what were you trying to do? Uh basically people thanked him years later because uh his plot lines made made them like get into Shakespeare and literature and stuff like that. So like he would put literary references in that work and like a lot of them. Uh especially like all of the like ancient gods and stuff and demigods and stuff like that that are really prevalent in season two like a lot of that like he's just like yeah i just want to educate people while i'm doing this oh yeah definitely it's a kid show it is definitely yeah definitely like i realized i was very much interested in those episodes where they dove into like native american lore because i was just like oh that's really cool 
yeah, that they do a lot of Egyptian gods and stuff like that. Like everything that like as I was growing up, I thought was super duper cool is referenced in that. So it, it was very deliberate. And I think that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah, it was really nice. So that's, that's why I feel like stuff like that is why a good movie franchise is needed for this. I think it, it, it has the possibility to do good. And like it's going to be CGI heavy, obviously. But, you know, yeah. Disney does have the cash for it. You just need, need to do it right. Or they can... If they don't want to lean on the CGI, just get someone big and like you know do practical effects. But I I don't know. For me personally, I will not accept anyone but uh, Keith David's voice in Goliath. Dude, his voice is so freaking good. Like that that voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time Goliath like lets out his gargoyle role, I'm just like, oof. <laughs> Chills. He, yeah, he's got a lot of. Like, and especially if they're gonna CGI it, just like get him. Get him back on, you know? Get all the guys back on. Fucking Patrick Starr's voice is one of the characters, too. So. Yeah, he voices a Broadway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they, they can get a lot of people together. What was the dog's name? Bronx. Bronx. <laughs> yeah, they're he, all... He wasn't a pet. He was a full-on gargoyle. He just had very animalistic... He's a different a kind of gargoyle. It's, 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 like the, it's like the Pluto and Goofy situation. And I, don't, I wouldn't think so, because I guess he's just a different breed of gargoyle. All right, I'll give you that one. I still think it's funny. I like to imagine where he's just like the dumb friend. They're just like, yeah, we just let him play with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they. I remember in the comics because there was a continuation of the series for a bit in comic form, and I guess while they're like full on gargoyles, they're also like called gargoyle dogs. Something. I mean, that's they. They were saying that's where the term guard dogs came from. So in the comics, they were saying that's where it came from. <laughs> really? Okay. Cool. Go for it. So, yeah, and in the comics, uh, they opened up, and, like, Lexington turned out to be uh, gay, and I forgot who else. Okay, very random, but I, I like it. Lexington was the... The small... Small, smart one, right? Yeah. Why they gotta make the nerd gay? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Broadway, I think... I know in the series, he also ended up with Angela, and they had, like, a child together. Yeah, that was a weird... There, a lot of interspecies relationships in Gargoyles. Yeah, that whole uh, Goliath and Eliza, and I was just yeah. like... because... Especially because, like, normally, like, in kids' shows, you're kind of just like, oh, they're just, like, hinting at romance and stuff like that. No, they full-on kiss, and they full-on fall in love. Yeah. There's an episode where she turns into a gargoyle, and he's like, damn, girl, you look good. And she's like, are you saying I was <laughs> ugly before? And he's like, nah, nah, you know? It's just like... And then uh, he turns human, and I'm just like, damn. Yeah. He just, he looks like Bruce, like, the the Batman animated series Batman. Yeah. Like, he just barrel-chested, big, burly <laughs> motherfucker. It just straight up could have been Bruce Wayne. It could have been uh, but I think I did like that episode because I thought it was a pretty cool twist between them. Yeah. I mean, I, I typically don't like those episodes, but like it was done well. Yeah. And so that's when I they told like me that they don't fly. They glide using the wind currents. I was like, Which they do I'm not. like, bullshit. You Absolutely guys are legit fly. I don't know if you know how gliding works, but you cannot go higher than where you start. And they go yeah. higher all the time. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, never. unless there's some... Th- no, Siri. I got to turn this damn thing off. Honey. Unless there's something about their gargoyle anatomy that lets them do that, I am not buying that shit. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So if they can fly or glide, quote unquote, does that make them bird-like? Do they have hollow bones? Well, birds don't glide; they fly. Well, I know that, but some some kind of like glide and hover and stuff like that. But they're able to sustain lift because of hollow bones. Do That's something. Have hollow bones. I don't know, maybe, but I mean, they're also able to punch through concrete and steel walls. So, valid point. So who knows? But aside from that, uh, for the for this move, potential movie, if it ever does get off the ground, uh, do you have any ideas who who your first villains would be or 
I mean, for me, the obvious for me would be Demona and Xanatos. You know, not I was going to say Demona for sure. Not a copy and paste from the movie, but at least a somewhat similar adaptation to that. You can do it a little bit more. You can do more. See, I think doing Xanatos right off the bat is good because he's not an overly menacing villain. He like he kind of doesn't really care about the gargoyles. They're just kind of there, but like he ultimately just kind of wants you know fame and power and stuff like right, that. Right. Uh, and then with uh demona yeah she is just kind of a persistent thorn in the side because she's like the one gargoyle clans member who kind of like went to the dark side before they get into the clone of goliath which is just goliath's name backwards yeah tylog yeah which i was like i'm not gonna try to think of that right now but i just remember that being absolutely silly and then they fall in love that was a wild plot twist towards the end of it i mean was it though yeah good point but uh you know like xanato's kind of a ultimately ends up coming around after he marries fox fox i think it was the fox yeah fox yeah he marries fox and he actually becomes like kind of a family man and like that he's kind of sort becomes of, an ally because it turns out fox's family she's like half magical being or some shit like that yeah she's like related to the mage who like cursed them initially or something crazy like that so, like, I think he's a good idea to set up early Xanatos so that you can use him consistently throughout so he can have that character development towards the end. So, I would yeah. like, yeah, start off with Xanatos. I mean, he's the villain you think of when you think of that show. And then, you know, carry that through. You can do Mimona and... I don't know. I would say Xanatos would be, like, the henchman villain. And I think Demona was the overall series yeah, villain. Yeah, she, she just straight up didn't quit. And then after a while, like I said, like season three just kind of gets into like general, you know, we hate gargoyle racists. <laughs> so oh, like it yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. starts losing its, its, uh, they try to go the X-Men route. Yeah, exactly. It's coming a little bit. It's coming back to me a little bit now. I kind of do remember. They, 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 they all had like the three claws. Y- on yeah. Face yeah. Cause you, you realize that, uh, they were founded by just some random little stable boy who had a shitty interaction with Bimona like a thousand years ago. Yeah, she got her face scratched. He got he got his face scratched up by her. Yeah, so now they use that like three claw mark on their face as a symbol for their organization. Wasn't was he like, called like the hunter? Yeah, 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 the hunter. There we go. It was like the yeah, and everyone was like, "Where's the huntsman?" Yes, yes, that's what it is. But yeah, no, it was that's hilarious. So that'd be a good one to like come in later, I guess. But ultimately, like, there's only really like two actual long-term villains and that's Xanatos and Pomona. so put them in early and then just kind of give them you know if this does go with more than one actual live action film which you know it could I think because you can do it really really cool uh, right in my mind I'm picturing uh like Guillermo del Toro's um Hellboy hmm. if they did it in that vein it could be awesome yeah 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 like a mix of like practical practical effects with just enough CGI to like make the kind of fanciful stuff that would be cool but i'm also thinking that's like just go ask jamie cameron what he did for avatar well it's gonna take 35 years if that's the case (laughs) is it i think he just likes to take his time with whatever it is that he's doing he's he's having too Uh, much fun scuba diving down to the titanic that he kind of forgot he's like oh i have to direct movies now yeah my bad (laughs) so yeah no like yeah you can go with the cameron-esque multi-billion dollar cutting edge cgi stuff or you know do a good mix of practical and CGI but let's effects. be honest which one do you think disney is going to do <laughs> the cheapest one possible. exactly the shitty gumby phoenix <laughs> let's hope gumby not. physics that we've grown to hate let's hope not. and like crappy dc films uh 
The Transformers will return after these messages. Tell us what we're drinking here today. So, in honor of this episode here, uh, I was trying to look at some uh, thematic cocktails. And been I making, just been making Brian work over here, be over here work. Yeah, I'm finally putting in effort, folks. The time has finally come. <laughs> it only took fucking close to 50 episodes. But um, we are drinking a gargoyle today. All right. Yeah, so it is... Uh, I didn't even know such a drink existed. I didn't either. I was trying to think of something like... You know, on the rocks as like a cheeky. It smells good. It does smell good. Uh, as like a cheeky reference to like them being stones and stuff like that, or you know something winged or whatever. Uh, if only we had like dry ice. Oh, that would have been cool as hell. All right, I'll keep that in mind for the future. Yeah, it's take a sip. Let me know what you think. All right, here we go. Here but we yeah, go. So I wound up finding the gargoyle. Oh goddamn, that's wrong. I took a bigger sip than intended. It is very strong because it is one part vodka oh my god i taste rubbing alcohol one part gin that's what you're tasting <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, bombay sapphire gin i smell rubbing alcohol <laughs> one part um uh it's supposed to be passion fruit i did not have passion fruit juice on hand but i did have a mango passion fruit juice. i mean hey that works for me so the mango is actually really strong which kind of helps mellow out the liquor it does it, it definitely does it definitely helps a lot also, I made it without the simple syrup one time, and it was just straight gas. So there is a half ounce per serving of simple syrup in this drink as well. Right. So the simple syrup really helps. It's, it's out. not bad. I mean, I just I just took a way bigger yeah, sip he, than intended. He chugged like a third of the glass in one. Yeah. It was kind of impressive. I'm not going to lie to you folks. But uh, yeah, I shake that all together with a lemon because slice in the, uh, in the jigger, and bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself a gargoyle. Yeah. I, like I said, yeah, I really downed that. But you know, as I always say, you don't chase hoes, you don't chase shots. <laughs> yeah, you always say that, buddy. I've heard it a million times. I've never once heard this guy say this. What? I say this all the time. I, Anytime everyone asks me, it's like, do you want a chaser? I I guess I've never been around a crew that has asked you for that. That's not true. All of your brother friends chase things. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. But yeah, this is pretty good. You don't gargoyle drink. We should have done some like food coloring to make it purple or some shit. Well, that's the thing is like the passion fruit juice should have been more purple, uh, but this is very mango heavy. So I get you. I get you. It doesn't quite have the color. So in my mind, this is when the sun comes up <laughs> and they turn to stone. So Well, there we go. That's how that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. They turn to stone drink. Yeah. We can call this the curse of the gargoyle. There we go. Because it's not exactly made the same way. So it's our little play on it. This is the curse of the gargoyle. I agree. That's I'm a good just one. innovating on these cocktails. <laughs> Just out of sure sheer laziness to get them right. <laughs> I mean, I I'm excited. I will we'll wait to see what we have for next episode. Yeah, I'm trying to keep them relatively simple, no more than like three four ingredients, and trying not to do anything super exotic. The most exotic thing I've come across so far is this passion fruit juice, and I fucked that up. Hmm. But whatever, I still like it. It's all right. It's you have tasty. a week to prepare for the next one. Uh, yeah, but that's a big episode. Sneak yeah. peek, folks. We're gonna have a fun guest. But very fun guest. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna try to figure something out. We now return to the Transformers. Moving on over here to the next topic, and that is San Diego Comic-Con is happening, or SDCC, SDCC. as the week of this recording, it already did happen, so this past weekend, San Diego Comic-Con happened. Uh, it's still a dream of mine to attend, and with no Marvel or DC in Hall H this year, which Hall H is where like they do the big like movie premieres or show reveals, stuff like that. Every big announcement you've ever yeah. seen comes out. It's, could this be like a changing in the times for nerd fandom? I don't know. Like with superhero fatigue, um, is 
like is being a marvel or dc fan not gonna go back to being such a niche thing what do you think i don't know or it's like it's like it's being a nerd in general now also losing its mainstream status again i okay so that's an interesting thing to bring up so this kind of reminds me of like sony nintendo and xbox dropping out of like e3 and stuff like that yeah like that used to be where you got all of your gaming news that was the biggest thing all the announcements but now everyone started doing their own like directs so they don't really have a need for this big flashy presentation anymore right Um, right especially after the pandemic everything we got used to like very virtually so they just kind of like oh we can just save money by not doing this big expensive thing because we can just put out a trailer and it's going to get just as much buzz. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, at least for DC-wise, they have nothing to show because they're rebooting their whole entire universe. So maybe next year they'll have something. But I also know they have like their DC fandom. But I don't. I think maybe that was just during the DCEU era. I don't know if that's going to continue going forward. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, because like that one didn't really generate as much buzz as some of these other things. Like... um like even Star Wars celebration is like still big, even though everyone's kind of mad at Star Wars lately. Yeah, their TV shows are keeping their movies afloat, which is usually so not far. The case, so far, <laughs> which is a, a very DC way of doing things, which is very funny. But I don't know. Do you think like being a geek nerd kind of stuff is now like losing mainstream focus? It's like kind of going under the radar again. I don't think that at all. I just think like where it used to be, like geeks and nerds were kind of like shunned because like oh you're into childish things and then everybody was on board and into like this geek world and stuff like that that like we've been used to our entire lives but like now everyone's finally able to talk about it in the open now all of a sudden people are kind of losing interest so i don't think like it's you know receding back into the waters after the tide goes out or anything like that i just kind of think it's like oh well like now we know this stuff is like more prevalent but like more mainstream people who like aren't like big fans or anything like that and aren't going to stick to it. Right. Are just kind of like, oh, okay, well, like maybe I'm not like a geek or anything like that. But, you know, I like the movies while they were there. But like I'm not super into them or anything like that. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I could also see it like receding back because I feel like now. Now it's going to be like, oh, you're still into that stuff. And it's kind like, of, yeah, I kind of always was, dude. I kind of see that. But also I feel like it's with more storylines in these movies touching like deeper and like more like i guess hidden issues i would say of comic runs and stuff like that because there's only so many big status comic arcs you could do for any all these heroes eventually yeah. you're gonna have to start diving into like this the i don't want to say the word filler but like the in-between issues and like little things that you know that only comic readers and like hardcore fans will start to recognize and i think that's why i feel like it's receding a little bit big into what it used to be because even with comic-con there's not that many huge stuff for like entertainment value wise i feel like now it could be now it could be the time for like the comic fans who this wasn't originally all about is now for them to like i guess take it back yeah it kind of feels like like i said when they started doing like the mcu and stuff like that this was the layman's introduction into geek culture and now that like all of the big hitter stories and stuff like that like oh like you like the mainstream stuff now it's going to start getting to the more niche storylines like you were saying where you know, the hardcore fans are still going to stick around because they want to see like, oh, I want to see my favorite uh, Spider-Man issue where he gets stuck in the Baxter building and becomes the bombastic Bagman. <laughs> like eventually that's going to become a storyline. Right. And like those diehards are going to stick around for that, whereas like mainstream audiences are going to fall off. And it kind of feels like they're really spread thin because they like, you know, 
they blew their load early. They went Avengers and Thanos and everything like that. Well, like, I would say that was ten years in the making, though. So they had that. That was properly built. I think it's just afterwards, like people are just like, okay, how can you top that? Well, exactly. Think about it like a comic book run. Like you know, you had the pre-crisis universe and everything like that, and all of a sudden, like Crisis on Infinite Earth happened, and like some fans fell off because they rebooted the whole universe and stuff like that. But then, like Die Hard stuck around, and then like years later, you know, you get the second crisis event and then years later you get new 52 after flashpoint and everything like that every time a comic book has a successful run it has to end they have to reboot it i mean look at dc like movies right now they're rebooting it with flashpoint so that they can go forward with like other established universes and stuff like that eventually they run out eventually they're gonna lose storylines i mean because film wise it's like people get older you can't just have the same actor in the same universe over and over again i mean animate that's where i think like animation strives over because people can voice their character for years to come yeah unless you're um uh, michael keaton then you're just always batman (laughs) (laughs) they just find new ways to make you batman i guess so uh, but the other thing have, I have here is anime is now like the new big thing that a lot of people are into. A lot of people are into anime now. It's like I guess the new mainstream thing now over being like American comic books and everything. And with that being more accessible on the online and everything, I could definitely see why. So I think that's another competition that like comics and like American media has is, is now with anime. I was uh, I was thinking of that point as well, and I'm very glad you brought it up. That I think anime is the new comic books. So there's always been weebs and anime nerds and stuff like that. We have been cursed with being both our entire lives. So, you know, we've kind of been there for this entire, like, growing popularity between both of these different geek worlds that don't always clash. But there is a lot of overlap, as you can tell uh, by us and you probably listening right now that are a really good friend. Thank you, friend. Um, Yeah, because, like, um, ask any American, like, I guess you could say I'm anime fan. If you ask him, what is the biggest anime? They're going to tell you Dragon Ball Z. And... Granted, you know granted. Do you think that's still the case? No, I'm going to say granted they're wrong because I feel like they, well, they, they're thinking within their terms of the USA. I, but if I th- think if you asked somebody that like ten years ago, they would have said Dragon. Oh Ball Z. no, no, no! Even ten years ago, no. I think today, if you ask anyone what the biggest anime ever is, they're going to say Attack on Titan. I think they're just going to say whatever the current running anime. No, is. I, that's that's the thing. It's like we're thinking within the U.S. general audiences. I'm thinking globally. We gotta, we gotta, because I look at polls. You got to look. The best-selling manga in the past 10 years has been One Piece. For good reason. It is the number two selling, I guess you could say, manga slash comic book of all time. It's only second to Superman. Superman is still Superman is the number one, but it's One Piece is closing. That actually really surprises me. One Piece is closing in. Wow. And for some... Wow. And Superman's been around for close to 100 years at this point? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, just think about that, though. How quickly One Piece eclipsed all that. It is now at number two all time of all time That's of all time insane. it is now number two and you gotta think about it like outside of the u.s one piece is big everywhere else it is huge in brazil yeah. it is huge in japan well, of course luffy is brazilian yeah but when i went to japan i i you know i granted i was just like oh you know i'll find some one piece stuff but no like one piece over there is a phenomenon i believe it still this, like, of it still yeah to this day like i, I know a lot I like of, how i said i believe it and then i was like wait i don't believe it because <laughs> like, i had to process what you like said. i get i get it for general audiences here in america and even latin america dragon ball z is something big and iconic but like oh, glo- sure. globally globally one piece is at a whole different level it I eclipses feel, it i feel like dragon ball is like the quintessential like i don't care about plot give me big buff dudes fighting and put the stakes 
like the fate of the world in the balance you know what i mean like that is the ultimate like when you think of like shonen anime it's just that it's like just full-on power struggle good versus evil fight is the only plot line to it yeah i know for- one piece is very much more it's know, story driven and plot and it's a very it there's a lot of layers to it yeah i'd never thought they would i would ever myself i would be saying for this i was but such after a reading, one piece hater for so long until i got it and now i'm a full-on straw hat member yeah, I tell everybody, everybody hates One Piece until they start reading it. Yeah. I, I've, I've only ever heard of, like, one person who just stopped after, like, 100 to 200 uh, issues. And I was like, how? How did you do that? That's when it starts getting good. That's insane. No, yeah. I, I will thank the pandemic for giving me the chance to <laughs> read One Piece from Chapter 1 all the way to where it is now. It's, like, 186 or something. How long did it take you? Uh, Not that long. Yeah, you... You flew through them. That was insane. Like I'm, I'm still during that up on time it. at work. I was just like, you know what? There's nothing for me to do because that's one, true. There's a lot of downtime in your job. Because <laughs> not even that. Because I'm just like, one, there's a pandemic going around. I was like, I don't want to be around people. I'm just gonna hide in my office and I'm gonna fucking read One Piece. And I can say that now because I don't work there anymore. That's what I fucking did for eight hours a day. I read One Piece every day. I was at work. <laughs> I forgot. That's when you were working there still. Because I was just uh, like, you know what? Fuck this. I was like, I ain't trying to deal with all that bullshit that's going out there. I was like, they're not going to give me overtime. They're not going to. I was like, I already you had a foot out the door anyway. So. I was like, I asked for a raise. They didn't give it to me. And I was like, this is bullshit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the amount of work that I think I'm actually worth. Wait, that doesn't make sense. That would mean you would be doing more work if you think you're worth. Oh, I know what I'm worth. But I'm th- like the th- job that I'm worth there. Is like, for what like, they're paying. Yeah. You, you were uh, so I did acting the bare- your wage. Yeah. There you go. Acting my wage, exactly. Remember when that was a big thing and everyone was like, oh my God. And I was like, I've always been doing that. <laughs> I'm doing the bare minimum. <laughs> it's like, I'm gliding by here. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, I've mastered the two hour workday. That is a fact. I, I've, I've uh, been your understudy for a little <laughs> bit. And it is, uh, I'm like, wow, this is what you do? And he's like, yeah. And then I kind of mess around for a little while. I remember you just start, you used to order office supplies because you thought they were cool when you ordered those metal cutting shears, yeah. which you did not need, but then you <laughs> took anyways because they were cool as shit. They were like diamond coated and everything. That was crazy. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I think we need this. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos was paying for it. I didn't care. Dude, I ordered a bunch of stuff. Like I ordered like large size, like cutting like mats and everything. And I took yeah. those home with me. You just ordered your hobby shop. <laughs> I really did. And they're like, do you really need this for, to do your job? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's crucial. It's very crucial i was like i need a new sign cutter took that bitch i w- I wish you stole the light box because i would have used that too oh my god i thought about it i thought about it i took that 200 um tripod you took the tripod i took the tripod from the like, broken five thousand dollar camera yep i was like <laughs> you guys clearly don't need this right? you don't need this i was like you have to that's too funny no one's gonna notice i put it in my backpack and it was sticking out no one said yeah, shit no one to cared. me everyone's just like oh he's a photographer he's probably just brought his uh tripod to work it's like bring your tripod to work day. yeah but anyways <laughs> to get back on track over here this is definitely the gargoyle talking over here <laughs> yeah honestly uh gargoyle be whispering it in our it ear. hits it fucking hits i'll tell you that right now it this shit fucking hits yeah people don't seem to realize that when you have two different liquors in a cocktail uh like goddamn it it, it becomes a monster and i'm currently making a second one i'm so. definitely gonna be in barbie world Black in plastic. it's fantastic Oh my god, dude. Okay, yeah, I forgot to even mention that because I saw it on Friday, uh, and you're seeing it today. And yeah, it I was supposed to such I, an experience. Wait, who are you seeing with? Uh, I'm going 
obviously we're going with Tali, but I was supposed to see it Saturday, but that became a whole other different thing. I don't know. I was supposed to see it a lot earlier than I intended to. And I, I'm mad at it because when I try to buy tickets, people buy seats in the most awkward fucking places. Dude, I swear to God, I was trying to find seats in like... It, I, it's like you can either be directly in the middle, but it's only one seat, or right. like you're off in the corner if you want it, anything it, more than one it, person. It annoyed me. I was just like, "How are you just gonna buy? Why don't you just buy the seat next? Like, I get it. Maybe you don't want to sit next to a person, but it's just like you're you're taking two other seats that are clearly next to each other. Yeah. Oh wait, it's you forget because, that because people because, are just selfish and shitty. Because I'm trying to buy the Dolby seats, and it's just like, oh my god, I was so Dude, annoyed. I, I was too lazy for the Dolby. I just went regular, and honestly, it didn't affect my experience at all. And for me, it doesn't matter. I have the AM. I I actually upgraded. It. Now I have the AMC Plus, so I get three free movies a week. Very cool. Because I told myself, I was like, once I switch to the day shift, I am doing this. Because <laughs> once Holly starts work, I was like, I need something to do. Yeah, absolutely worth it. But anyways, uh, moving on to our semi-last topic over here also because we also interject go see barbie movie folks it's yeah it's amazing it's hilarious um simu lee is my goals in that movie just absolute bimbo a lot of people are hating on him online but i don't know why why i don't know he literally he literally does a better job at being ken than ryan gosling does i find that very hard to believe you know what people next week i'll give you my opinion you let me know after this after you watch it all right. Uh, but next topic here is what is the next big social media app? Is it nothing? Are people finally going to go outside and touch grass? Okay. So I read this. And it was an article we both read and it was kind of like. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So I skimmed. I, at one point I started skimming over it because I was just like, I thought it would be a cool topic idea. But this person was just clearly like complaining. Yeah. So. All right, so so I changed what we're going to talk about here, but I'll let B finish. Okay, but yeah, so like I saw this in our episode notes, and I was like, oh, what an interesting topic. I can't wait to see what this article is. And then I read the article, which was a dense article, by the way. And for anybody, anybody who knows me, you know I cannot read. So it took me a while. But this article, I was expecting to have like a really big payoff, and it literally was just like 17 paragraphs just saying how Elon Musk is a fucking idiot, which agreed true but, true true and then and then it's just like yeah but like no actual resolution or answer like there is nothing it's just like oh social media is weird am i right guys also fuck elon musk and you're just kind of <laughs> like what was this article about this was pointless yeah. fuck you bloomberg like not worth my time so but the overall question i think is a very interesting point right so i decided to switch it up not switch it up but like kind of like tweak what we're going to talk about and i think my questions are much better than what this article is about. Facts. Uh, the first point I have here is, I think, obviously, in this day and age, everyone wants to achieve viral status. They want to be the next big thing. They want to, like, cash in on their popularity as soon as possible. Yes. And I see that everywhere. On TikTok, which, unfortunately, I do have Twitter, TikTok Facebook. was invented for that. Yeah, Instagram, any, anything. Everyone wants to be, like, the next big influencer, the next content creator, and I'm just not about that. For me, like for me myself personally, I'm just like I can't do that. And over the weekend, actually, uh, two friends of mine that came to play on my soccer team on Saturday, they were telling me how they were they were big fan they're big fans of the podcast. Hey, shout out to you guys! Thank you, we yeah. appreciate it. Thank you, Randy and Chunky. <laughs> Why does one get a real name and the other one's the Chunky? <laughs> That's what he goes by. Okay, I appreciate you the most, Chunky. I love you, brother. Uh, so yeah, they were telling me how they're big fans. You know how like they like. 
they tell me it's like you know what i like most about it he's like he's like when you talk he's like he's like you're not bullshitting he's like you just say what's real and he's like and i like i respect that and i'm like well yeah like for me the main point of this podcast is tell you what i like what i don't like what you should probably check out and if you do hopefully you like it and if you don't check it out then that's that's okay too but like form your own opinions yeah exactly i'm here to try to help you to form your own opinion you don't have to i'm like i am not the absolute answer he is our papa i'm just here to tell you this is what i like go check it out and if you don't like it that's cool if you like it even better you know now you we got a new fan that's true that's why i like it that's why you're my bestie (laughs) i respect your opinions but I think like today everyone is just so focused on being like the next viral thing and that it's it's gotten to the point where they start copying trends of the last viral person or the you know they try to they try to copy what the last person did to be successful. Anyway, I could literally do an entire episode about this. So if we want to revisit this we can. But I will say that you and I grew up in an area era <laughs> you and I grew up in an era a time a uh, present state of the fourth dimension, uh, that did not have YouTube or any sort of virality as an option. And then all of a sudden you saw these people making millions of dollars. Granted, it's a very slim margin of the people who are actually on these like sites, like initially YouTube, like uh, the first ever YouTube celebrities, you just had to be a viral hit. And then you were on talk shows, you made like appearances uh you gave talks at graduations probably like you did an insane amount of shit just because you put out a goofy video of you singing chocolate rain right right which was like that's not a thing that we had prior to our generation which is why like for anyone younger than us which is mainly the people on here who are trying to like pop off and go viral on these new things um bear in mind the original article is like what's the next new social media after twitter and that's mo- mostly what this article is talking about is like, how do you gain virality after Twitter? Like what this is the most established platform we've had for a long period of time. Right, and right. It's currently and it's a like, dumpster fire. Yeah, and it's mostly because like people tend to migrate from social media platform to social media platform. Like they went from what? Friendster to Jenga to MySpace to Facebook to oh, Twitter. God, I forgot about Jenga <laughs> or Zenga or whatever. Yeah. It was. To Twitter, to Instagram, Snapchat. At one point, Vine. And then there's, you know, certain platforms that are, like, specifically made for communities and not, like, right. virality, like Reddit and stuff like that. You got Reddit, you got Tumblr, and now, you know, people are debating. It's like, should I start doing a threads? And then the other one is, like, which is invite only, which is, like, blue sky uh, media, social media. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't like because, that one. Well, apparently people do like it because it's, like, the old Twitter format. It's made okay. by old Twitter employees, but like in order for them to keep it how they it is, it is invite only, unfortunately. Well, so is what's the new one that Facebook's doing? Threads. 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 Yeah, threads. Yeah, so is threads. And it that's just Twitter but with a Instagram skin. It's yeah, so but the only thing that sucks is that you can't delete your threads account without deleting your Instagram account. They're working on a hotfix. I, I, I did see that they are working on a hotfix. It's it's potentially coming, but it's just like at a certain point, I feel like people are just going to stop jumping over to the next social media thing. And eventually, they're going to want to build like some form of real connection. The real treasure is true friendship. Which is why I say they're probably going to want to touch grass. True. Um, but that means... So that directly correlates to, you know, for lack of a better term, virality as a business. Like, content creator is a job. 
it is not it, an it easy is a job. job. There's no college degree for v- content creator. There is no blueprint for how to do it. But it's I kind, feel like it's kind of it, it's the closest thing you have to the early American dream. You come here, you work, you open a store, and like you you get by on good graces in the community and stuff like that, and you get big, and then you franchise, and then all of a sudden you're fucking Walmart. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like for me, this this day and age now, being a content creator is a new age term of saying you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, it seriously is. It's, it's uh, you know, I don't have an OnlyFans. I am a content creator. Right. I don't have um, a viral TikTok. I'm just, you know, a businessman who works in uh, multimedia production. And I feel like a lot of these people, though, they... Maybe they start off good. They, you know, they have they do good like videos that I would probably myself I would enjoy like watching. But eventually, I feel like they sell out. Not even that they sell out. Not even that say I, I guess not exactly sell out. But then they start doing stuff like anything that will get them viral and get them more engagements yes. or stuff like that. But I'm just like okay, and I'm just like now you're just now you're thinking more about the profits and less about the content that you're delivering. Well, exactly your point. I think that. And I'm not even going to say, like, the old guard does this and these new kids are doing it this way. But, you know, historically, you copy the formula that gets you big, the YouTube algorithm. People have figured out how to break it and stuff like that and to blow up right, and become right. viral. And their content is lacking. And maybe they have, a sp- like, a spurt of success in the sunlight. But, like, long-term content Damn, call creators. Me out. <laughs> <laughs> your channel was great and then you stopped doing it. That's all I'm saying. My computer broke. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like excuses to me. Then there's other people who just like want to make really good content or they're involved in a very niche and like passionate community. And so they make content and those people stick around long term. The way I want to equate that is like uh, one of my creator favorite um, directors and creators of all time. Kevin Smith, creator of Jane Silent Bob, Clerks, um, Dogma, Red State, like he has such a vehement fan passion following, like cult following. Yeah, I mean, the guy even has his own comic shop. Exactly. Exactly. Go to uh, go to Fat Man on Comics. Mm, no, that's his Bravo show. Uh, the Secret Stash. The Secret Stash, Red Bank, New Jersey. Go to go. Check I thought that it was out. called Fat Man, but I guess yeah, it is not. It's called The Secret Stash in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey. But he has said for a long time that all you need to live the most comfortable life any human could ever expect to live is a following of about 10,000 people. And look at some of these That's content my goal now. creators. Look at some of these content <laughs> creators. I've I've actually recently found like a bunch of content creators who are living solely off their income from YouTube with only 1,000 followers. Like you don't need that much no. to live a comfortable life. And and don't I'm okay need, with that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I would rather have a small dedicated fan base than like a gigantic overarching like viral sensation fan base that's like coming and going but you're ma- making millions of like followers a week you know what i mean like if i can make enough money even from this podcast youtube whatever it is if i can make enough money to the point where i could like open up my own like hobby shop store and not have to like worry about losses or anything like that like month in month out i'm yeah. set i'm good that's what i'm that's, saying that's 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 a dream of mine. So I think that the expectation of, you know, people 
jumping from social media to social media, which is what this original topic was, in case we got really off a track. (laughs) Uh, It's people looking for the next boost to make them viral right now. And I think that, you know, after the pandemic and after, like, everyone got into content creation and really saturated the market, I think a lot of people are kind of pulling back and getting back to that, like, you know, do we need social media? Do I need to be a big public figure? Do I need to be in everyone's face all the time? And then there's people who want to do it as a job still, and they're looking for the next viral thing, and the viral things we have now are dying. Yeah, and I think that relates to our topic of last week when we asked, like, what is fame? And I think this yeah. relate this relates to that. It's like, obviously, you and I, none, none of us here want to be famous. Absolutely not. Uh, but if it, if it just happens to be, then, yeah, then, you know, I will find ways to deal with that fame. Like, wear a mask if we ever do videos. Because, one, I like my privacy. I like to be able to walk out in the day and not be bothered. Okay. You you saying that makes me think of the uh, Justice League when Lex Luthor takes over the body of the Flash. Yeah. And then he unmasks him. <laughs> and he goes, who the hell is this? Because <laughs> he has no idea who Wally West is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're going to get big and everyone's going to see our faces. And we're, everyone's going to be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like... Well- who cares if he's famous? I mean, like, obviously, who cares? But it's just just, just for me. For but my... then you get super duper famous, and then it's a problem. Then people start sleeping outside your uh, three girlfriends at go house so they can get a sniff of your underwear that you left there seven <laughs> okay, years that's very ago. Specific. I got really on a tangent there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I guess the last point <laughs> the here. The gargoyles that... be hit, folks. <laughs> it does. Curse of the gargoyle. The curse of the gargoyle. Uh, but last year is um i guess yeah like i guess to wrap this up here is like everyone just seems to want to create content just for the sake of it and i feel like there's just not too much substance to it like they just want to put out something out there so they can get some audience to engage with it you know but then they don't even pay attention to it if you're gonna make this an overall theme even talking about you know anime and before that dc and marvel comics and stuff like that turning into movies you can bring that all together with this topic is what used to be a passion is now a money-making gig. It really is. And that's all it boils down to. And I feel like the best works of those properties come from people who do it with a passion. Yeah, but they're often the smallest right. like creators in that which I th- Which I think is why like some people do enjoy this podcast is because I do... Put I, would, every, I put everything into this podcast. I would rather be at the forefront of your mind for 10 of you than to be like a fleeting concept to a million of you. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, yeah, I think this is, I mean, obviously, we're going to mull over this topic more and more as we go on because I think, you know, I it's think it's a great topic. I, I really think, like it. We've been getting deep here over at Diversions. Thanks, Pops. Call us out. Now we got to get deep. <laughs> Way to give me more work to do. Buddy. I hope you feel called out by this topic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to move on here to our final segment, and that is question time. Question time. Question time. I feel like we got to like, uh, just like stretch our shoulders, <laughs> like shake it off. Like that was a bit more serious than we're usually uh, used to getting. So, oh, but these questions are about to get ridiculous. So don't worry about get that. Loosey goosey, baby. I love question time. For those of you who have want to have your questions featured on the podcast, send your questions over to us on the question prompts over at Diversion Sixty Four, or leave a comment on our YouTube videos with the word "question" so we can find it. DM or DM us, us directly. Text us. Find us on the street and tell us. I don't care. I love your questions, folks. Bring them all. <laughs> he really does 
But the first question that we have here today is coming actually from Pablo. And he is asking, when have you ever dealt with a loss and bounced back? A loss? I just had seven employees fired or quit in the last week and a half. All right. So, different kind of loss, but all right. We'll go down the Exactly. Route. But if we're going to talk about an actual like personal loss, that's hard for me to say. Honestly, the last time it's happened like was when I was like a kid, like in grade school or high school, like family members dying. And I think that generally affected the way that I get into interpersonal relationships because loss fucking scares me. So I only get into relationships with people that I think are going to stand the test of time. It's not healthy. Isn't it? No. I think it's less healthy to make a bunch of superficial relationships that could be fleeting at any given moment. It sounds to me like you're codependent on someone else to make sure that you're okay. No, it's not codependent. I'm just saying like... I'm just saying what it sounds like to me. I'm not saying like actual relationships. I'm saying like... Okay, okay, like okay. like friendship, like like interpersonal relationships. Okay, okay, I get to, like, all right. Yeah, no, no, not like romantic relationships. Oh, I'm okay. saying like interpersonal relationships, like. Well, I mean, that's why that's why I thought like you meant romantic, like interpersonal relationships. No, 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 interpersonal, just just between two people. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, so like just any general interpersonal relationship or friendship or come sense of camaraderie. Like, if I don't think you're in it, which is kind of the flip side of an emotional problem i probably have <laughs> like if i don't know that you're 100 percent invested i'm like well i'm not gonna waste my time with that person yeah no the, the last time this probably happened to me is like family members dying uh, uh my grandpa uh died the day after his birthday in high school and that fucking wrecked me my grandma my abuelito he died uh, when i was in grade school and i didn't get a chance to know him that well like my abuelita died uh several years ago and i wasn't there for it and it fucked me up for a long time so People who, you know, I think I might lose, I won't get close to. Yeah, no, I think I'm in the similar manner because I think for one year during that pen- early pandemic era, I lost a lot of family members. You and it was, yeah, I, won't, I won't lie, it was tough. It was very tough. I, I was, I guess, I don't know. At points, I was at a loss for worse. I was just like, how can one person, not just one person, how can a whole family? Like, there, there was like a three month period where you had like four funerals. Yeah, like, it was like uncles and cousins, and it was ridiculous. I'm just like, how can anyone handle this? It's like it's ridiculous. Like, and I, at one point, I was thinking, like, it's like my family's cursed with something or anything. And then within the two years ago, not even a year, a year ago, um, in October, maybe, maybe two years ago now, I can't really recall. It's all a blur to me at this point. Uh, I lost one of my cousins, unfortunately, um, to pancreatic cancer. Like he was stage four. It was, yeah, that's rough. it was, it was very rough. And it, the worst part is was seeing like. I guess I don't. I mean, I don't want to say you. I guess it's kind of personal, but it's just just seeing everything overall, and then going to his funeral, and it, it's it's mostly like just an impact on me, but also on my dad because like this is like one of his only family members that lived here in Chicago with him yeah. for the longest time until recently. Now more family members from his side of the family live here, but for my dad, like this was like it was them two together here. Like you know that was his only family that was here. We would go visit whenever we can. And it just sucked. It like it hurt him more than it hurt me. And I I I knew him like he was like he was like, he was a good friend, cousin, whatever. And, like his kids are the best. I love them to death. And I remember they asked me if I wanted to be a pallbearer, and I I said no. I was just like no. Like there's other people who are in his life that deserved it more, and like have been more engaged in his life than I have ever been. So I turned it down. I was like I can't do that. Like I, I couldn't I couldn't take that opportunity away from other people who have been more involved in his life. Yeah. And then the the worst part is the next day I found out one of my cousins in Vegas died from an aneurysm. 
that's the fucking nightmare, man. You can't see it coming. No, and it was the worst. And it, like, you know, my cousin from Vegas, like, it sucked because, like, I, uh, maybe six months later, she came to Chicago to visit. And yeah, you know, like, she was, she was, she was very open about it. I wasn't sure how open she would be, which kind of sucked because I was just like, damn, because I never met her mom. I never, I never knew her, but, you know, I, she sounded like she was a lovely person. So yeah, though, I guess the way to bounce back is like, you just, you do need to grieve. You need to grieve. You need to let it all out, whether it's anger, sadness, anything, or as, you know, as, I'm going to use humor here to, I guess, to uh, alleviate the situation. Like, but in uh, G Gundam, you know, take all my sorrow, my anger, my love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Burning finger, man. <laughs> but the thing is, like, overall, time will help you and you will bounce back just as long as you let others that are around you help you. Yeah. Stay on the path and you'll get to where you need to go. Yeah. So that's a very deep question. There you go. I, I think Pablo is single-handedly trying to force us <laughs> to open up to the world. I refuse. And uh, I hate it, and I love it at the same time. Fuck you, Bobs. Uh, next question we have here is from Mara. Wow, two questions in a row. What? I know. Uh, she's asking, waffles or pancakes? Don't start this again. <laughs> Stop it. For anyone who does not know, we had a years-long battle about waffles versus pancakes. I'm Team Waffles. Kevin is Team Pancakes. We did an entire poll of the store we used to work at, and I very convincingly lost. Okay? And I will still... It was embarrassing. It was so bad. It was so bad, dude. (laughs) Like, I I literally felt bad about my life afterwards after that. Especially because he suggested the poll, and I was like, you don't have to do this. And I said, yes, I do, motherfucker. And then I realized I didn't have to do it. (laughs) I did not have to come for him like that. Uh, If you're going to come for the king's head, you better not miss. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And apparently, pancakes be the king. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm Team Waffles, Kevin's Team Pancakes. Though I will say, I was a churro waffle the other day, and I'm just like, in churro form, yes. You see, that's the beauty of waffles. It can be... In a lot of different forms, but also so is pancakes, crepes. We've had this argument before. Yeah. All right. I'm Team Waffles. Kevin's Team Pancakes. At this point, Waffles loses overall. I'm going to switch it up here. I am now Team Breakfast Items. I respect that, brother. I respect that. Oh, better question. Team Pancake? Or no, not Team Pancake. We just did that. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Edit point. Okay. Better question. (laughs) Team Bacon or team breakfast sausage i'm gonna go with bacon i rarely ever have breakfast sausage ah see i think breakfast sausage is superior but bacon goes on more things better so i'm gonna sing team breakfast sausage that's the thing is like i don't ever go to the store and it's like i'm gonna get breakfast sausage i'm i go to the store and i say i'm gonna get bacon ah uh, see i feel like if you over inundate yourself with bacon like we had that like late 2000s trend of everything being baconized I that was, was weird i got so sick of it i had a bacon cupcake someone made for me what the fuck it's terrible why? terrible she was like oh it's like I sweet mean, and savory and like salty and sweet and i was like okay cool let me try it and i was like <laughs> i mean i'm not opposed to breakfast sausage i do like breakfast sausages when i do have it i feel like you need to give a good mix up of the both because if you have too much bacon you get sick of bacon if you have too much sauce you get sick of sausage i'm just saying mix it up so uh, you know i'll play that to waffles uh have a pancake now again but i prefer waffles next question that we have here is from john is And he's asking, what is your wildest I got high story? My wildest I got high story? I I've, I know one of yours. So Wait, wait. What is yours of mine? Oh, when we were at Loafers and then you smoked and then you were just oh my passed God. out at I the bar. I forgot you were there for that. Rich had to pick my car up. 
Yeah. Oh my god! I this guy was like knocked out at the bar. Could not drive. Could not lift his head for whatever reason. Bro, I was glued to the bar table. Cause all right, so we were at a bar. We were drinking. I have like several friends. I used to be a regular at this bar, and so we're like, ha, cool, cool, cool. And my buddy's like, oh, I live around the corner. Come over. Like, let's hang out. Let's have another drink. Let's smoke. So like, a group of us go over there, and like we hang out. And he's like, all right, let's smoke. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we got a bowl. We got a joint. What are we doing? He's like. I got this bong and I was like, okay, I haven't done a bong since high school. Let's see how this goes. Uh, yeah. For anyone who doesn't think that uh, smoking marijuana in any different form uh, doesn't change its effects, uh, has never smoked out of a fucking bong because that shit will wreck you instantaneously. I lost track of the solar system. I don't know where I was. I don't know when I was. I don't know what I was. I was so fucking hammered that I was just hanging on everyone who was closest to me to get to where i was trying to go so we go back to the bar and i'm still trying to drink because i'm so high i don't realize i'm high and i'm trying to order beers and stuff like that and i think that was back when jojo was working jojo was working oh my girl i miss you jojo if you ever happen to find this in the universe i love you so much and i miss you but yeah, I was glued to the glued to the bar, and I could not lift my head up. And she was like, "You're getting water only, and then you're leaving in an hour." And I was like, "You got it, Joe." Stop. The thing is, you tried to fight somebody who was like hitting on the girl you were dating at the time, and I'm like, "You are oh in my no god. condition to fight." That was with Bree. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, that was so funny. So I because this dude's head was like planted on the lamppost, and he's just like, "Dude, no, like, oh, bring that was, guy over here." And I'm was, like, "What was, are you gonna do?" I, oh my god so this guy was talking to talking to my girlfriend at the time and i was so like fuck this guy because i was drunk and i was high i was crossed as fuck and i was like fuck this guy i'm gonna fucking swing at him and i remember having my head against this like it was like a electrical box like one of those transformers that you see on the corner that's like covered by a metal cage <laughs> it was like right next to the corner and so like i was just leaning on it head against it just going Fuck you, man! <laughs> like, I was so ready to throw hands with this guy, and I even told Bree at the time, because she was, like, propping me propping me up. She was like, it's okay, B, like, nothing's happening. And I was like, no, his disrespecting us. I'm going to, I'm going to, sw- I'm going to swing, I'm going to swing, Bree, I'm going to swing. She's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, you're right, I'm not. I'm so sorry, thank you. <laughs> it was so bad i was annihilated but to wrap it up the whole thing is like i had to go back to my house to pick up my brother so i can come back so he can drive my car and i can drive brian's car home it was a process richard you saved my life i love you i will forever to this day i die be a filthy rich man but i guess for me my wild is like a high story i guess to pick one out is i think this is when i was in boston uh i had some gummies um, and I was supposed to go to sleep. And instead of going to sleep, I apparently traveled the multiverse. I'm going to give me a minute here over here. The way you phrased that was so fucking funny that as I was taking a sip, I almost spit it out my nose. I was supposed to go to sleep and then instead I traveled the multiverse. I love that so much. No, like I saw different versions of myself as my eyes closed and I was like traveling across the stars. My brother, that shit was laced. Galaxies and everything. And I saw all these different events happening in my head. 
and like things that i was just like if i was living in this alternate life this is what this would happen if i was living in this world this is what what happened here and this is what would happen here what did you smoke and where can i get some it was just it was just thc it was literally weed gummies that tali got and then i was i was gone and then like i thought eons had passed like ages years at one point i thought years i saw years flew flew by me and everything and then i wake up and i realize it's only been like five minutes and you know and she asked me like are you okay and i was just like i somehow made it back because i don't know what the fuck happened but i told her i was like i was not here i was like i was not here i told her i physically saw myself in other worlds yeah, dude, that sounds like you were like on ayahuasca or something. <laughs> That's, That's the thing, hilarious. though. That's the thing, though. She also had the same gummies and she was fine. But for me, it was like an entirely different experience. She is a lot more of a stoner than we are. <clears throat> That's the thing, though. But like, also, like, that's insane. That's this, so fucking funny. That was the first time an edible like that has ever hit me that hard. Like, to, the, to that point, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know that I've ever had, like, an edible experience like that, but... It's I've, crazy. I, like, it, anytime I have an edible now, I'm just, like, thinking to myself, I was like, is it gonna happen again? Is, is this the one? Is this the one that takes me back to the promised land? John is asking, Tom Cruise, the goat or overrated? Goat. Really? He's single-handedly saving the quote-unquote blockbuster movie. I think he's overrated, and the only reason he's such a big success is because he belongs to Scientology. No, I think it's because he's the only one willing to do the movie star things that were necessary for, like, 90s movie stars, which was, like, the height of movie stardom to do. Wrong. I disagree. Nope. Wrong. Disagree, discourse people. I think he definitely is just a big success because he's in Scientology. That's... You know, they don't control the media. Okay? They don't control the media. But like, how many Mission Impossible? Like, who wants to watch those many Mission Impossible? Have you watched them? Yeah, they're fucking insane. They're the same reason that Fast and Furious has ten movies. Eh. They keep going over the top. It's, it's it's like the old term "jump the shark" when you know Happy Days, uh, Fonzie jumped the shark, and then the show went downhill because it was no longer believable. Uh, they just keep making things more and more and more and more and more unbelievable, and that's what Tom Cruise does. But you know what he does to make them unbelievable is that he makes them believable by doing his own stunts. He learned how to fi- fly fighter jets for Top Gun Maverick. Are you? But he doesn't do me? any other genre. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say he's overrated. He doesn't. He's, need he's to. a great. He doesn't think... do any other genre. Oh yeah, Jerry Maguire didn't exist. Oh, when a did... few good men didn't exist. How long ago uh, was the that? Interview with a vampire didn't exist. How long Are ago was that? Are you telling me Tom Cruise does not earn his flowers? No, nope. because he fucking does. How long ago were all those movies? It doesn't matter how long ago. It does how matter. How long ago was Macbeth? How long ago was uh? What the fuck does the, Macbeth have to do with this? Because it's timeless. Tom Cruise is as timeless because he's a fucking vampire. Yeah, as literature. What is movies but not actualized literature of our time? I'm losing my headphones as I say this because <laughs> nah, I'm so fucking I think needed. he's overrated. Who, the com- man, who the- compares as a Hollywood action star? Who compares with the legacy and the current resume they have going who compares my mom brendan fraser 
he had a successful mummy franchise 25 years ago yeah so now time is a matter what has he done since everything he has not had the pedigree that Tom Cruise has. And he I is love, an Oscar winner. And I love Render Frazier. I love Render Frazier. He awakened things in me. Apparently you don't. He awakened I'm sorry, things I'm in sorry, me. but I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to say, he's. I think he's overrated. I think if he wasn't in Scientology, he wouldn't be as the big success that we all see him today. And I think Tom Cruise is the epitome of the last standing blockbuster movie star. I don't know, because his last movie didn't do so well. Vision Impossible? Yeah. It's doing great. It's not. It's getting fucking blown out of the water by Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, because Barbie, because Barbenheimer is the hardest thing to ever go against. All right, I saw Barbie two days ago. You're seeing it tonight, dude. You're gonna believe. You're gonna believe the hype. It's so good. Anyways, <laughs> it's so the stupid. last the last question that we have here is like, do you, it's from Kayla. She is asking, do you eat slash drink food depending on the temperature, like ice drink in summer versus winter? No, I'm a creature of habit, so I do the same thing year-round. Also, we used to have a buddy, Chris Mayer. Love that guy. Uh, he used to tell me that he would drink hotter coffee in the summer because it tells his body to get used to heat. And so he what? was never cold during summer. And he would drink coffee, hot coffee, year-round. And so that in wintertime, he was like, yeah, my body just knows how to stay hot the whole time. And that's why he wore shorts in negative five degree weather. I feel that's like that's not how psychopath. that works. It's not at all. But that man is a fucking insanity laden story wrapped into the I think, whitest enigma you can imagine. I think for me, it just depends. Like, I'm not going to have fucking hot chocolate in the middle of summer. I'll have it in the winter. I will. 100%. Love hot chocolate. I wouldn't. No, it doesn't matter to me. It nah. could be 100 degrees. I will want ramen info. It, it depends. Like, I'm not going to eat a fucking caldo in 105 degree weather and then have the fucking kitchen blazing to 120 degrees and shit. Well, it doesn't say cooking the food. It doesn't say making the food. That's the thing, though. In order are, to you make, gonna, are you going to eat the food? It No, it's fucking hot as shit. doesn't matter. You're inside an air-conditioned building while eating it. If it's air-conditioned, that's a whole different story. But I, like, if, if I'm talking about eating at the comfort... like. The thing is, to make this food, it heats up the entire house. Not just, like, level-wise, but spiciness-wise, too. Like, it's in the air, and it's just like... But if you but if you ate out, you would eat it any time of the year. I don't eat it even when I eat out, no. See, I would. I no, no. I think for me, it, it varies. Some foods are year-round. Some foods, for me, are definitely seasonal. So what I'm gathering is it will entirely depend on if you are the one preparing the meal versus if you are the one just simply consuming the meal. Even if I'm not the one preparing, I'm not going to have soup in the summer. I will, 100%. Nah. Lamb chowder never is bad. Not me. Soup is winter food. Nah. So yeah, hopefully that answers your questions, Kayla. But unfortunately, we do got to cut it short here, because like I said, I got a movie to catch. Short? How long have we been recording? I don't know, like an hour 20. <laughs> this ain't short for us, folks. <laughs> but we appreciate you listening to another episode of the Diversions Podcast. One of, one of the more engaging ones we've had. That, that's for sure. Like I said, I'm going to start delivering wonderful episodes. Absolutely. You did change it up at the beginning, and yeah. I did notice that. I wanted to call it out, but I was like, let's not fuck up his flow. <laughs> uh, you can always follow us over at Diversion64 on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and that's it for now. You can follow me over at GeekNight90 on those same platforms. I am BumblingBee underscore on Instagram, and that's all I got to worry about. And thanks for listening again to another episode of the Diversion Podcast. And remember to always have yourselves 
a damned good one. Later, losers.